Welcome to the Universal Sisterhood podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter, and be the authentic woman they were designed to be. Every human heart is created to be known, loved, and understood. So this is the place where women can share their stories. Welcome to episode 33. In today's episode, I chat with Madeline Carrington. She's a young mum. She's a wife. She's also um, she's a teacher. And she has a ministry with her husband called Fire Up Ministries, um, which is really um, blessing so many lives, young lives. Um, in today's episode, we chat about the feminine genius, um, what the feminine genius is. Um, it's a, it was a term that was popularized by um, St. John Paul II, and it describes the capabilities of women. Um, we have so many and we have really unique qualities. Um, um, so that's what we kind of talk about. And pretty much loving who we are because when we become our truth, when we're true to ourselves, when we um, understand who we really are and how God sees us, we, um, we become fully alive and it sets us free. Um, St. Catherine of Siena said, be who God meant you to be and you will set the world on fire. So I can't wait for all these women who um, are rising up. There is a, there's a song, um, I don't know who sings it, but one of the lines in the song is that there's a chorus, there's an army rising up. And I just see uh, so clearly women having this voice and having a beautiful strong voice of unity and um, femininity and um, sensitivity and generosity and and ultimately um, that maternal heart which will change so many lives and we need to discover that again. Um, I hope you'll enjoy the podcast. Oh, another thing is the last two episodes I have realized once they're over that I forgot to ask my guests what brought them joy and it has brought me so much uh, sadness that I have forgotten that. So I promise I will start that up again because there is so much joy to be had. Enjoy the episode. Okay, welcome to the podcast. Before we begin, I would like you to tell us who you are and something about yourself. Okay, well, hi, Jess. Thanks for having me on today. You're welcome. Um, well, my name is Madeline and I am married and to my husband, Simon. Mm-hmm. And 11 weeks ago, we welcomed our first child, little Joseph Colby, and he has been, um, yeah, the most incredible thing that I've um, ever experienced in my life. So that would definitely be, I think, mum is my favourite title. Yeah. Um, wait till he says mum. Oh, yeah. Mm. I can't wait. Yeah, can't wait. it is so, beautiful. Yeah, but um, a little bit of my background. I um, grew up Catholic and um, but really took ownership of my faith when I went to Notre Dame University mm-hmm. and met young people who were on fire for the faith and was so inspired 
and um, through a pilgrimage I met um, a missionary group in America and I moved there for a year to do a year of mission working um, and speaking in the Philadelphia Archdiocese to young people about the pro-life and chastity message and then um, once I came back home, met Simon, got married, finished my teaching. Did you meet him at uni? No, no. we met no. Um, through with, circles. Yeah, through yeah. different different um, Catholic circles, and then um, finished my teaching degree, started teaching, and continued mission. And then together, before we got married, we started up Fire Up Ministries, and so that's been going for two and a half years now. And um, he works full time on that, and I help him as much as I can. Fantastic. Um, yeah. I'll get you to explain far up at the end. Sounds good. Um, but what I wanted to talk to you about today was the feminine genius. And before we dive into it, I wanted to read a um, an ex a part from a, a, an excerpt from a letter that um, Pope, oh, not Pope, he's now a saint, John Paul II wrote for a, a letter for women. It was um, the Fourth World Conference for Women in Beijing, and it's a stunning letter. It is really beautiful. It's not very long. It could be a few pages, but it is well worth the read. And it really opened my eyes to, I know the Catholic Church gets such a bad rap about in 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 the broader, in the world, <laughs> not within the Catholic Church, but, I mean, it does, I suppose, that they people see the Catholic Church as putting women down all the time. We don't have ma- major roles in the church, so to speak from the out, out looking in. And he just highlighted that women are actually the best part of, of humanity. Um, and I wanted to read it. It says here, thank you women who are mothers. You have sheltered human beings within yourselves in a unique experience of joy and tra- travail. This experience makes you become God's own smile upon the newborn child, the one who guides your first your child's first steps who helps it to grow and who is the anchor as the child makes its way along the journey of life. Thank you, women who are wives. You irrevocably join your future to that of your husbands in a relationship of mutual giving at the service of love and life. Thank you, women who are daughters and women who are sisters, into the heart of the family and then of all society. You bring the richness of your sensitivity, your intuitiveness, your generosity and fidelity. Thank you, women who work. You are present and active in every area of life, life, social, economic, cultural, artistic, and political. In this way, you make an indispensable contribution to the growth of a culture which unites reason and feeling, to a model of life ever open to the sense of mystery, to the establishment of economic and political structures ever more worthy of humanity. Thank you, consecrated women, following the example of the greatest of women, the mother of Jesus Christ, the incarnate word. You open yourselves with obedience and fidelity to the gift of God's love. You help the church and all mankind to experience a spousal relationship to God, one which magnificently expresses the fellowship which God wishes to establish with its creatures. Thank you, every woman, for the simple fact of being a woman. Through the insight, which is so much a part of your womanhood, you enrich the world's understanding and help to make human relations more honest and authentic. Um, I just wanted to, like, capture like, that. There is so much depth in that, so much beauty and so much truth. 
and he thanks every type of woman. Um, can you explain what the feminine genius is in a nutshell and maybe how it, how it, you live it out through your life? Okay, well, that, that's a huge question, yeah. yes, and um, <laughs> it's one that I won't be able to do justice to, what the feminine genius is, because I've been exploring this for many years and still don't feel like I've... Nailed it? Nailed it, no, because um, the I think that's the point of the feminine genius is that it's it's so unique for every single woman. And um, a bit of the bit of background was coined, I think, as you mentioned, by St John Paul. Hmm. He was inspired so much by the writings of Edith Stein or who we may know as St Teresa Benedicta of the Cross from her writings on women. And reading some of her work, you know, she's really trying to get to the heart of what it means to be woman and, like you said, how that is lived out. Hmm. And my understanding um, of it or how I would perceive the feminine genius to be is that it's God's love manifest in the heart of woman and it's expressed uniquely by each and every woman mm. differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I think it's the deep capacity for love, intimacy and intuition that that we have as women. Mm. But again it's expressed uniquely. So no no woman is the same as another. Yeah. It's completely unique. Um, speaks to the deep mystery of woman. And, you know, we see this played out in Genesis too where, you know, Eve is presented as a gift to Adam Mm. and she helps him to um, understand that he needs to make himself a gift as well in return. So without her he wouldn't know that. Exactly, Mm. right. So Mm. we see that played out in Genesis and God's showing us something there with that beautiful story. The feminine genius at the heart of it for woman is it's not – lived out in what I do but in who I am mm. so for me in my own life this is this understanding has exploded for me since becoming a mother mm. because um you know just seeing my little Joseph you know he could be he's crying in distress and he just wants me and it's not because I've done anything to warrant that it's because of who I am mm. I, I am his mother mm. and that um has just really helped me see, you know, it's 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 who we are, not what we do, that gives us our um, our beauty as women. And it's also, you know, that innate desire that women have to be compassionate and be vulnerable. Um, you know, but obviously wounds can can disorder that desire mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that later, I'm sure. But you know, when you think about the the symbol of love in the church, the symbol of charity for the church is often depicted as a bare breasted woman. Mm. So it's that complete, you know, self-gift, life-giving, um, which, again, if you look at the body of a woman, where it's just amazing how the woman's body, God created the woman's body to bring life into the world and then nurture that mm-hmm. life, you know. So it's amazing. And then for me, just do what the... No, I was just going to say inter- we internalise things mm. much more, I think. I know I might be generalising, but more so than men do. Yeah. And that is reflected in our body. Like all our sexual organs are on the inside. We nurture, like just even brain-wise. And, yes. Yeah. We're much more internal. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a beautiful mystery there. And if I can just finish my unpacking of the mm. feminine genius with obviously the, the model is, is Our Lady, is Mary, and we see, um, you know, her, her yes at the Annunciation allowed for the, the Incarnation of um, God to become flesh, but it was fulfilled, you know, at, 
at the foot of the cross really where she completely embraced the suffering mm. as well so there's the joy and the suffering and she just embraced all of it so perfectly and um you know you've got that beautiful the the pieta mm. of um mary just embracing her son's suffering yeah you know? and i think that's also what we're called to do as women is yeah. just enter into someone else's suffering journey with them and love i've had a have you finished unpacking yes that bit <laughs> I, i've had a really um just in the last maybe six months, I have, I've been working in an all-male school and I have been so um, over, not overcome, but it has become so apparent to me how necessary and how, diff, how we complement each other and how necessary that is. Um, just even, even yesterday I had this little boy, so Men are, they're, they're great. I love them. I'm married to one. <laughs> I've got two sons. I love them to pieces. But they're different. And they see things differently and they do things differently. Um, and often it, there needs to be a woman there to remind them or to just see, to, to bring in a softness and maybe, dare I say, a little bit of order. Not much order goes on, um, and and beauty. There's uh, they they do things differently, but there is not much order and not much beauty. Um, sorry, but it's true. Yeah. And um, even yesterday, I had this little boy who has struggled all year, and he women are attentive, and they see we see. I don't. I see a lot. I see. I'm very observant, and I think that's not just unique to me I think women are more observant than men and he gets away with everything and um he yesterday he's he's, you know taking me to heaven I'm sure but I said to him yesterday he was just sitting there whittling a pencil away with a with a um some scissors didn't do a stick of work nothing it's now midday and I called him over and I held his hand in my, his face in my hand and I looked at him and I said, darling, I know schoolwork is hard for you. I know you find this difficult, but I want you to try and I want you to do something that makes you feel good. Anyway, he, he had not written a thing all week, like, you know, legible anyway. He went, like, and you could kind of see his ch- chest puff up and he looked at me with these big, you know, doe eyes and he walked away. I said, I know you can do it. And I said, even if you just write me five things, I would be so happy. He came back probably 10 minutes later and he had done the whole page. And it just, it doesn't take much. It just takes, I think, for a woman's heart to be, um, for, for, for them to experience a woman's heart. I think. No, I Am I wrong? No, I absolutely. absolutely <laughs> Maybe it was agree. just a good moment. No, no, I agree, Jess, because I think at the heart of a woman is that ability that we have to draw out the masculine the good. qualities or to draw out the good yeah. in, in, the, in the masculine, mm. in the male, and for, for each other as well. Mm. But there's something um, incredibly powerful about mm. a woman um, like entering into the struggle mm. like you just did. 
I mean, he, he has driven me mad. Yeah. Let me tell you, I've come home and cried. Because of this child. Yeah, yeah. But it's you, 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 you see that played out. You drew, drew out the capability that, mm. that he had mm. and that's powerful. Yeah, you could almost see him kind of puff up. Mm. And I said to him uh, when he came back with his sheet done, I said, you know what? I want to hear in 10 years' time that such a, this boy, I want to hear that you are a good man. You know, that would not that would make me the happiest teacher in the world. Mm. And I said, do you think you could do that? And he, he said, yeah, uh, knowing full well he's going to turn around and do, you know, be a little monkey <laughs> in the next 10 minutes. But I wanted to plant a seed that he could be a good man and be a good person. Funny, I just, if I can share, I just got this image as you were sharing that story of the the station where Jesus meets his mother Mm. and it's like, you know, how hard Mm. that must have been. Mm. But then that encounter with Mary gave Christ that extra, extra, yeah, yeah. keep going. Yeah, puffed up his, you know, gave him that confidence. To get up again. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's the power of woman and, Mm. yeah, God's design is beautiful. Yeah, so beautiful. Um. I read this a few weeks ago and I took a, a, a snapshot of it because I wanted to keep it and I have I I just thought of it when you're talking about the beauty of woman um, and it was a, a woman had said she'd had this conversation with a holy priest who once pointed out that it is revealed in Genesis that Adam was not created in the Garden of Eden. Genesis 2 tells us that God created man and then placed him in the garden Man is a creature of the wilderness and he represents God as such. Woman, on the other hand, was created out of Adam's rib in the garden. Woman is a creature of the garden. The same beauty and order that was placed in the garden was placed into her. Beauty is part of your nature even if it isn't part of your preferences. It's not about what you like or dislike. It's about how you were made. God made you as a creature of beauty and when you bring beauty to life, you can bring others into the beauty of God. Isn't that? <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. That is jaw-dropping, yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. And, I mean, men can bring something that women can't, but women can only bring true beauty. Um, anyway, I was, yeah, wow. I, I just wrote under her, wow, just wow, that's amazing. It's so true and we in our beauty because we have embraced our feminine beauty we bring others to god do you have anything to add (laughs) well i just i think that that's the ideal and that sounds beautiful but i think um sadly the counter of that Mm. is that we can sometimes get a bit bogged down by our insecurities and forget our worth Mm. and forget our beauty Mm -hmm. and forget our dignity and what that does is it it turns us inward yeah like we focus on our own shortcomings or our own insecurities and that prevents us from Mm. living god's design for for us for women totally and so i think you know there's important to we, we acknowledge on one hand the the great design and a great um, intention for women living out their feminine genius but then we've got you know mm. woundedness and sin and culture and, yeah that secular culture I mean I've been there yeah. I was a woman who didn't like where I was mm. I didn't like being a mother yeah and it wasn't until I remember um I think I was pregnant with my second or my third and this woman she had 
many children and she looked at me and I was kind of pretending I was all right and um, she said, oh, isn't that wonderful? This is exactly where I want to be. And I looked at her and I thought, oh, my gosh, this is the furthest place I want to be. And it was very because motherhood didn't seem successful um, or it wasn't. I, I knew it was a place where I should be, but I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And it was I was not embracing my role, my vocation, I suppose, mm-hmm. and it was suffocating. Um, so it's so true. You need somebody to speak another woman primarily to speak life into that. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Absolutely. And that's where community and encouraging other women um, is so important. I think just to add to that, we don't, um, I think oftentimes we don't realise the power of our words, mm. you know, no. and like with, we have the power with our words to really build up each other or completely rip each other down. Mm. And we know that through like gossip and mm. things like that. It just completely draws us away from, from yeah, yeah the, the ability that we have to actually each other up. And I think it's gotten worse with that social media kind of like that Instagram culture. Comparison. Yep. yep. I mean, I do it myself. I look, I don't look at it first thing in the morning. I've stopped that now. But when I do look at it, you kind of look, I have to keep reminding, stop that. Like you look and think, oh, how come she got to go there? Or, oh, look at, oh, that doesn't look My nice on her. Yeah. yeah. Or that doesn't look nice on her. You know, yeah. this critical kind of mentality has to stop it's absolutely toxic and it is destroying women it's destroying their their um, tenderness it's destroying their femininity because we're comparing we're not um encouraging yeah just on that I had a friend once who I saw on Instagram she posted um a picture of her kitchen Hmm. and it was just piles of dirty dishes Hmm. and she just said you know this is my reality today Hmm. And I just thought that was such a powerful message to kind of make you stop and think, mm-hmm. I need, like, w- this is. Like, I need to know yeah. what reality is because my reality certainly doesn't look like your clean, pristine reality. Exactly. And maybe I'm, a, you know, it's my fault. Yeah. And she yeah. did that as, like, kind of the statement to stop. Mm-hmm. We've got to stop comparing. Yeah. We've got to stop comparing, you know, our reality to someone else's photoshopped. Mm-hmm. You know, highlight. Highlight. Yeah, exactly. It's not the reality, no. really. It's a good moment for them, and we kind of see it as reality, Absolutely. distorted. Yeah. Yeah, and makes us feel worse about ourselves. Mm. Um. So, probably what I want to go on to is how good is it to foster authentic women friendships? Um, how necessary is it, and how do we do it? How do we do it? Well, I think it's it's absolutely necessary. And I want to just share a quote by um, St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross. And it's so beautiful and, you know, you could probably spend hours unpacking it. But the quote is, A woman's soul is fashioned to be a shelter in which other souls may unfold. Hmm. So for me, when I first heard that, I really took that to prayer and I thought, is my soul... Or is my heart mm. something where, like a shelter for other women to be able to come and bear all, basically, mm. or be vulnerable? Or do I have a critical 
or judgmental approach when a woman tries to be vulnerable. Like how am I responding? Yeah, responding. How am I exercising my feminine genius as a friend, as a sister, as a wife, you know? Um, Am I allowing, because I think just to go back on that point of the power of words, you know, my husband Simon often says to me, he was like, you have no idea the power of your words. Like if you if you tell me you believe in me or that I can do something, I feel like Superman, <laughs> you know, whereas if, if you are critical or you put me down, <laughs> then no matter who tells me I can do it, it means nothing. Yeah. And, you know, that's, I think that that's really true. We have to remember that as women. But doing that for each other mm. is, um, you, you know, and a good rule of thumb I try to live by is never say anything about someone you wouldn't say if they weren't in the room. Yeah. And just trying to always have that disposition of of honouring. Have, have you doing. had a woman in your life that has been a safe harbour for you? Yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's absolutely life-changing. Mm. And was it, was that encounter a moment of of real change, or was it um, like it was definitely? Were you already on yeah, the way? Yeah, it was. Well, I think it was the first virtuous friendship mm. I'd ever experienced, and it was such a beautiful um, moment to just really share every struggle and be free from the feeling of being judged. Mm or being criticised, but that accountability as well. So, you know, she would check in on me and see how I was going with certain struggles and I would do the same for her. And um, So was there a vulnerability there? Yes. Was, so she was open with you and you were able to be open with her? Yeah. Yeah, I think it starts there. Mm. Like you have, to, you have to allow your heart to be vulnerable because... Yeah. This surface stuff doesn't get you very far. And C.S. Lewis said that, to love is to be vulnerable, mm. you know, the, mm. to, to really love. And we as women, we are just experts at putting on masks mm. and saying everything's fine when we could be crumbling inside. Mm. And, you know, something I really struggle with is asking for help, mm. you know, and, you know, just trying to admit my weaknesses because we just want to have it all together. And the culture is flooding us with that expectation or setting that standard that you know you have to have it all you have to you have to be the mum you have to you know have the career you have to do all of these things and you have to do everything well yeah and it's just completely crushing because it puts us into this cycle it prevents us from actually saying excuse me I'm not doing well I need help Mm. or no I want to focus on being a mother you know and just doing that fully and doing that well and there's all this pressure that we put on ourselves. Um, and that's not even getting to our looks and our body image and all of that. That's just yeah. society's expectation. <laughs> exactly. So um, I think having those women in our life that actually call us out and keep us accountable on our, you know, our path to um, discovering and living out our feminine genius is essential. Yeah. I mean, some people say, oh, well, it's all right for you because you're surrounded by good people. I don't have anyone in my life. Um, but I think if you really wanted somebody in your life like that, pray for them and they'll, you'll be surprised when they turn up because they will turn up. Yeah. And maybe they've been there all along knocking, knocking, and you have just ignored them um, because we can't live in isolation, especially women. We need community and we need that. Um, that encouragement. 
And just on that too, I know it's so important to have, you know, a friend that you can call, that you can text, that you can catch up regularly with. Um, but also too, in my life, something that's really helped me discover and live out my femininity has been the example of the saints. Mm. You know, so many saints and, and really just looking at their life. And I every year I choose a saint, a patron saint for the year. And this year um, my patron saint was um, Saint Zelie, mm. the mother of um, mm. Saint Therese. Um, the little flower and so just reading about her life and okay how did she live out her feminine genius and and trying to to learn more about the life of the saints and you know you mentioned um I think Mother Teresa earlier and just mm. looking at how how she loved how she entered into those sufferings you know I think I read somewhere that Mother Teresa or Saint Teresa of Calcutta she held 16,000 people in her arms as they died oh wow like it's incredible. There is the feminine genius mm. in that because 16,000 yeah. people, that's not a small number. No, she wasn't able to bear her own children, but she was able to bear children. Absolutely. Like with her arms, how beautiful. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so there's a million stories about her and how she loved and how she um, had just such an amazing impact. And mm. you know, that, that is the feminine genius. But that's how St. Teresa of Calcutta was called to live it out. Mm. You know, we are called to live it out in our own differently. Differently, differently. And we have to find that way. Yeah. Because that will bring us true happiness and true joy and true fulfilment. Forget, you know, the photo reel. Like that's all photoshopped anyway. It's none of it's true. <laughs> I mean, there might be an, an aspect of it. Maybe you were actually there and that was the um photo that you took, but you've totally airbrushed it. <laughs> and that's kind of what women are doing with their lives. Yeah. Uh, putting filters. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to say something now. I can't remember, but oh, with the saints. I mean, saints aren't just statues; mm-hmm. they they were actually living, real people. Um, and I think we forget that we think that they and we think that they were, you know, a hundred years ago, and it doesn't apply to us. Um, but have you really taken the time to stop and read and pick up something and see that they were actual normal, funny, most of them, most of them had a sense of humour <laughs> and they're all different. I saw a picture the other day somebody had, I'll put it up on the um, uh, Instagram link, but they had a picture of all these saints, women saints, and they're, they're, they were all different, you know, and that's each one of us. We're all called to the same thing holiness but we're all unique and different the same as our femininity can we go back a little bit to the feminine genius it comes under four separate uh groups like nurturing um do you know them nurturing intuition nurturing beauty yes i think uh, let me i can look it up let me look it up. Let's get it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get it right. There are four aspects of the feminine genius. I'll look it up. And what, why are you looking up, Jess? I think, um, you know, with with the saints as well. You're right. We do we do think that they're just statues or stained glass windows. We can fall into that trap. But they were radical. That's the thing to remember. Yeah. When to be a saint, you have to go against the culture. You know, against the expectation of society. And they were radical. And you read the lives of the saints. And they're all different. Hmm. But they're, it's my favourite thing to read is the lives, lives of the saints. Um, 
and you read about sinners and they're they're all the same. They're all sin makes you boring. Whereas <laughs> holiness is um it's radical and there's something attractive about holiness. And I think that's why the saints um you know can be so inspiring. And I've got this quote here by Saint Therese. She said, if every tiny flower wanted to be a rose, spring would lose its loveliness. Yeah, how beautiful. Like we're called to live out our path to holiness and it's unique for each and every one of us, as you said. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I still haven't found it. Let me see. I just, actually, it might be, I heard it, the Sisters for Life were talking about it. Where's my? Is it on the No. No. Anyway, I'll find it. Okay, so I did find those four aspects of the feminine genius and they were, we're not going to go into them, but I will just say them because I did mention them. Generosity, sensitivity, our maternity and our complementarity. And I think we can talk on those topics at another day because there is so much here. Your podcast on each one, Jess. <laughs> well, I'll have to have you back four times because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it on my own. <laughs> Um, but I think what I really wanted to get across was that um, through the feminine genius, um, families can flourish, workplaces can become kinder and gentler and a little more organised, <laughs> um, and public affairs can be more personable, and that 21st century matriarch can make her mark in so many different ways. She doesn't have to be pigeonholed into um one career or one expectation of her, especially I think once babies come along that um, we we don't have to be hemmed into or pinned into that idea that we are um, stuck at home. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, our gifts can bless both home and the workplace. I remember um, when I had my first I hope that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, makes sense. Right. Um, My mother-in-law said to me as she left the hospital room, I was there sitting there with, you know, engorged breasts, a baby that I couldn't feed, like I didn't know how to feed. I was young. I was aching in all sorts of places and I was sweating. I was, you know, you know what it's like. You've recently been there. Recently, very vivid. Yeah, so I was hurting everywhere and I had this new life in my hands and I was feeling totally in love with her but but overwhelmed. Felt the weight of the responsibility. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't negative. It was just this, it was awesome. (laughs) It was new and it was very confronting. Um, And she said to me, don't let this baby stop you doing anything. And I thought, okay, (laughs) all right. So when my husband, I think the baby was two weeks old and I had just come out of surgery because I had to go back in and have surgery. Yep, that's another podcast. Anyway, um, we were. he said, let's go to the movies. And I thought, okay, this baby's not going to stop me doing anything. I'm going to the movies. We went to the movies and I... Got up, we went to leave. I got out into the light and I had breast milk everywhere. I had breast pads stuck to my legs. <laughs> uh, but this baby was not going to stop me, um, which the baby I thought did stop me in the first few years doing things. 
Um, but those words were always at the back of my mind. And I think that's what kind of got me through. This is not going to stop. It was kind of um, a reality check or a place to go back and think, okay, it's not that bad. This baby is not going to stop me from doing things. Um, and it that's where I think community and women encouraging other women and that feminine understanding, I think, really is important. Um, and having those women in our lives that can speak truth into us at those vulnerable times um, is so important. But we have to know that they are human and they are broken people as well. So when our hearts, when, when we find someone who we think we can open our hearts to and they don't receive us the way we expected them or wanted them to receive us, I think it's really important that we um, know that that's okay and that they, they're probably hurting themselves um, and we have to learn from that or work work through it. I don't, I don't want to be make that seem. Um, but it's also we have we can't let that stop stop us and prevent us from being vulnerable with others. Yes. Yes, definitely. But we have to also be discerning with who we're vulnerable with. And maybe we've thought this person can can hear our hearts and they don't. We shouldn't put up a wall to the next person like you have to find that person, yes, I agree, but you have to be able to be vulnerable. And we have to acknowledge that our, our the feminine heart is sensitive. Um, so sensitive mm. and, and such a such a treasure, really. Mm. Um, and that we that we need to guard it as well as just and that constant discernment of guarding or being vulnerable mm. with others is um is really important. Yeah. And when we are hurt to to not, to, to not, we, we automatically, I think part of our femininity is we are protectors. Mm. Are we? Yes. Like we, we protect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we automatically protect our heart and we put up a wall and then, you know, it gets harder and harder and harder um, the more pain we inflict or, or the more our hurts are not addressed. Mm. Um, so it is addressing, we are all hurting, whether you acknowledge it or not. And I think the sooner you acknowledge it, the easier it is to fix that wound because it just festers mm -hmm. and it gets stinky and pussy and smelly and and you can only cover it up. There's, there's only so much foundation you can put on <laughs> or band-aids yeah. or Dettol you can put on that before it just explodes. Yeah. And I can relate to that, Jess. There was a time in my life where I was stuffing a wound and not wanting to deal with it. Packing it. Yeah, packing it, yeah. Pretending it wasn't there. And, um, you know, but what I noticed is that through that I just became so numb and unable to receive, mm. kind of what you were saying, receive someone else's um, suffering or woundedness or desire to be vulnerable with me. There was mm. just such a barrier there. And it was um, it was impossible for me to be sensitive to someone else's struggle because I was so preoccupied with my own woundedness and I was in complete denial that I needed help and mm -hmm. healing. 
And it was only when I realised that kind of everything <laughs> exploded in my life and I, um, you know, felt like I needed I needed help. I mm. could finally admit that I needed help. And when I received that, it was life-giving. Mm. And it was another woman who was able to to enter into my woundedness but because I let her, mm. you know, and it was through that that I received so much healing and was able to unite that suffering to the Lord. And then, you know, over time that, like you said, that open pussy wound became a scar. It didn't go away completely. It's always going to be part of my journey, mm. but it became a scar. And now when I see another woman suffering who is willing to allow me to try and enter into that, I can say, Look at my scar. I've been there. Yeah. And I can so journey powerful. with you. I can journey with you. But, you know, had I not allowed myself that healing, mm. I would have just become more and more desensitized. And um, you know, our hearts, like we said, they're sensitive and they have a great power to love and to receive another, but they're also very easily broken. Mm. You know, and they're fragile. They're fragile. That's right. But, you know, in order to to love and to um, you know, one of my favorite, I don't, don't know where I ever heard this, but beauty produces suffering and suffering produces beauty. Hang on, let me just, beauty produces suffering and, su- yeah, suffering. and suffering produces mm-hmm. beauty. And like, I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to really grasp that, but it has authentic in, beauty. Yes. Yeah. True beauty and like love, like Saint, Saint Gianna said, you know, suffering to love is, is to suffer. Mm-hmm. And to suffer is to love. What's that C.S. Lewis quote? Mm. Have you got it? Have you got it? I can find it. He says, to love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. So it's so true. We can just keep it to ourselves and it will just, it won't go anywhere. And with the wall around our heart Mm. comes this Mm. facade that, but also what a find. gift that suffering, you look back on it because you can give insight, you can give love, you can give perspective, you yeah. can give understanding, you can give your heart to somebody who is going through that because you went through it. Mm. And it's a gift to go through it. Um, yeah. That's right. And acknowledging too, you know, in our own way we are all wounded, we are all broken. We're all in need of healing and we're all in need of experiencing authentic love and friendship from other women. But also, you know, remembering that each and every woman is is created beautifully mm. by God and has is unique. In that garden. In that exactly mm. is unique and irreplaceable and unrepeatable. And, you know, I love this line by Pope Benedict who says every human person is the thought of God. Mm. Just let that sink in for a moment that mm. you, as a woman, you know, is you are a thought of God. God created you. He designed you. And he wants you to, you know, he, he's given you. And, like, we, we are made in the image likeness of God and God gives each person the ability to reflect a beautiful aspect of himself to the world. and 
we're called to do that. And but with love comes freedom. Yeah, totally. I um I saw where is it? I saw I read something the other day. Um where is it? Oh, it was so beautiful. It was on um the fact that um back to your thought of um every human being is a thought of God. God, the creator of the universe, holds the stars and the moons into place and he also holds your heart all in all at the same time. And that, like, if you really think about that, that's just incredible. It's beautiful. Like, he holds your heart. So you, there's nothing that he can't take or hear or know. He knows it anyway. Um, so why not give it to him? Yeah. That surrender. Mm. It's beautiful. It's so freeing. Yeah. And don't we all want to be free? Mm-hmm. That's, that's it. That's what we want. Be <laughs> free. Um, yeah. Oh, well. It's been beautiful talking to you. I hope I haven't rambled. Um, it's a big topic. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? Uh, yes. I always yes. want to say something else, Jess. <laughs> um, well, it's yours. Go I for think, it. Okay. We live in a very busy, busy world. Um, you know, our phones are going off constantly. Mm. There's always a million things to do. Um, there's this mentality that, you know, we need to always be available and there's very little time to switch off. Mm. And um, we were mentioning mm. earlier about the importance of self-care and just really, you know, spending some time. Okay, I like to think about it as, you know, we have to be merry in a Martha world. Yeah. We need to practice stopping and, you know, really spending time in, in prayer and discovering who we are because um, I love, if you haven't picked up, I love saints. Yeah, I have quotes. picked up. You You've got quotes up. coming yes. out left, right and centre. You're putting they, me to shame. No, no, but that, has, <laughs> that was a huge part of my faith journey was, uh-huh. you know, oh, that resonated with me. And Isn't that funny? Because, yeah, yeah, I really have to be mindful about looking into a saint's life. Mm. Like it does, I don't naturally think, oh, I'm going to pick that book up and read about Saint. I mean, I read, I know I shouldn't probably say it, but I read The Story of a Soul. Oh, yeah. But it didn't resonate with me. Like it was great, it, it was fine, but I, it wasn't, wow, I have to go back and read it again because it didn't. Different stages. Yeah. yeah. I was not in the right season or headspace or so I have to go back. So, the sorry. Spirit will tell you when to read it next. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it's still on my bookshelf and I do keep thinking, uh, maybe I should read that, that again. <laughs> I have to admit, Story of a Soul took me three attempts. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad because I'm, everyone's right. I thought, okay, can't wait. No, I wasn't ready three times and then finally got through it. Okay. I read the whole thing, but I didn't get much out of it. Mm. But different times. Different exactly. And different saints day. for different people. That's right. Isn't the saying goes, the saint chooses you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Um, but anyway, so there's this, this quote, St. Francis has this prayer of, you know, Lord, who are you and who am I? And for me, that speaks to the depth and the reality that the more we learn about God, the more time we spend in prayer, the more opportunity God has to reveal who we are to us. Mm. You know, like man finds his identity in Christ Mm. and we can, um, 
yeah, the more we learn about God's love for us, the more yeah, that was that was changing my life. Like bringing my insecurities, or still, mm. I've still got insecurities that I'm working through. It's all right, girlfriend. I'm yeah. on the journey. <laughs> but bringing them to the Lord, and um, you know, especially especially in Eucharistic adoration, and and mm. just giving them to Him. And allowing him to speak truth into that, mm-hmm. you know, and like looking at a crucifix, Lord, what am I worth? And he shows you that, mm-hmm. yeah, you're worth dying, you know, dying for kind of thing. So we need to let go of the busyness and pause and enter into prayer so that, and the more we learn about the mystery and the beauty of ourselves, the more or the easier it is to encounter the mystery of the other. Yeah. And to, to you know, be able to, as you were saying before, just receive, um, yeah, receive the gift of of the other, and um, yeah, but but making sure that we create that time for ourselves um, to to be able to then um, have have the time to yeah. to encounter the other. I think we kind of put prayer off because we don't feel worthy, mm-hmm. or we don't. We don't understand. We, we think he's going to judge us. Um, I was reading this. I mean, just through the conversation, a friend said, "Yeah, but what's the point? Because I live in sin, and like you know, I'm sinful anyway. He's not going to hear me." And I went. I was reading, and you know, in Sinu, yeah, and he said, uh, "Never let sin become a pretext for staying away from me." Instead, let sin be a catalyst pushing you into my presence. There in my presence, as in a furnace, sin is consumed in the fire of merciful love. Souls are made clean, healed and restored to my friendship. I reject no one who comes to me with confidence in my merciful love. My arms are open to receive repentant sinners into the embrace of my merciful love. Even more, my side was wounded so as to give sinners a way into my innermost heart. their hospital refuge, their place of healing, refreshment and holiness. That is separation from all that is incompatible with my love. And I just thought, because my sister's had heart surgery and she has um, a wound, she has a you know, piercing, yeah, and I had that real vivid image of his, his side was pierced purely so that we could get it, like it's easier to get into something that is broken, that has been pierced open and he, he gave us those visible signs um, and it's so beautiful. He does not judge us. He just wants us there. He even had his side pierced so we could climb in yeah. and rest in there. Mm. I just thought it was so beautiful. He always speaks um, to me through this book actually but it's um Setting a time that side, that setting aside that time to, and even if you don't know what to say, just sit there and listen. What do you want to tell me? Because he will tell you something. It might take several weeks, yeah. but just Perfect. keep showing up. Yeah, just keep right. sitting there. Yeah. I'm going to give you five minutes, and five minutes, no distractions. Put your phone away. You know, do it in the dark before the kids get up. That's what I've been doing. Um, and just what do you want to tell me? Because he'll speak, especially to your heart, your feminine heart. And like with prayer, sometimes you don't feel anything. It's like mm. being out in the sun mm. on an overcast day. Yeah. You don't feel the sun, but it's there and it's having an effect on you. And you know later on you're sun- you sunburned. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. So we have to go and get sunburned with the wind. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Cool. All right.
Would you like to, before we finish, well, could you plug your Fire Up Ministries? Oh, yeah. Okay, so Fire Up Ministries is um, the, the vision that um, my husband Simon and I have to introduce or to help educate every single person on the theology of the body because um, St. John Paul's writings on the theology of the body have had a profound impact on both of our lives and we certainly wouldn't be married or be the people that we are today without that transforming teaching and we both um, have a huge desire to share that with anyone who will listen. So Fire Up Ministries was created to, um, you know, answer St. John Paul's call to the new evangelization, particularly to share the knowledge of the body. So we share it with um, young people, the youth, um, adults, anyone. Mm, Fantastic. Anyone and everyone who will listen. So you can um, look it up at fireupministries.com and all over social media. Great. (laughs) That was awesome. I went to your um, um, dinner gala fundraiser Mm -hmm. and there was some girls there that I had interviewed on the podcast the week before. I didn't know they were there until she put up a picture of her meal and I said, hey. I'm here. No, I was was there. there. I was already home. But that's another thing that there's so many women in so many different seasons that their feminine genius, um, they're embracing it and they're and they're embracing and they're embracing they're embracing them. It is so beautiful to see, and we're all in the same room. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And that's the thing. Like, if you're a woman listening to this, don't be afraid to mm. ask. Be God, brave. Yeah, be brave. Ask God, what do you, what do you want me to do? Like, Jess, I'm in awe of you just listening and starting this podcast. And just, you know, it's affected so many women. I know I've received so much from listening. Oh, that's nice. Um, <laughs> I always feel like a fraud, though. No, no, it's, but it's it's just, you know, Lord, here I am. Yeah. These are the gifts and talents you've given me. How can I give them back to you? How and can sometimes I it can be scary. Myself? Actually, it's scary every time I sit down in front of this microphone. <laughs> <laughs> but you're affecting lives. And oh, that's you're nice. People. Well, it's not me. Well, that's, but yeah. you're making yourself an instrument. Yeah. You're a vessel. Mm. And in, a broken I, one at that, a clay you know vessel. The thing I think about with broken vessels is just presenting more cracks for the Holy Spirit to come in yeah. and work. Well, he's working because this and is one, one cracked up <laughs> vessel. <laughs> a beautiful one. <laughs> oh, not there yet. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much. No, thank you. I'll put Fire Up Ministries in the show notes. Thank you. And it was an honour and a pleasure and a joy to speak with you. No, thank you so thanks yes. for coming. Thank you. Bye.